Hey, Vankine. How's everybody doing? So I've recently started a rewatch of all of the MCU movies, starting, of course, with Iron Man at the beginning. And it got me to reminisce about some of my favorite Iron Man stories and uh, started me rereading some of them. So I kind of want to share... As I go through all of the MCU movies, maybe share with you some of the stories where these ideas spawn from or some of the ones that were inspired, you know, inspired the movie. So um, let's start off with the saga of Obadiah Stane in the pages of Invincible Iron Man. So Obadiah Stane was first introduced in Invincible Iron Man number 163, even though you never see him. He is the mastermind behind a group of uh, of bad guys called the Chessmen. There's the Knight, the Bishop, and the Rook, and they're all trying to take down Iron Man. And so it's it's very comical kind of. Uh, well, they're not comical, but the, you know they're they're bad guys out to stop Iron Man. But it's it's almost comical in the old Batman 1966 sort of way where villains had you know a theme and they stuck to it. I mean, they were, this was very prevalent in all comic books back in the, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s, and even into the 80s. Um, so it was it was the chessmen that were sent to try and take down Iron Man. And over the next several issues, we start to see who Obadiah Stane is. Um, he hatches a plan to try and take over Stark International that begins with a mind control attack, uh, through headphones uh, that uh, a lot of the Stark in international uh, employees are forced to wear. And the mind control headphones are kind of reminiscent of the little uh, neuro freeze uh, device that Obadiah Stane, uh, played by Jeff Bridges in the movie, uses to kind of freeze uh, at one point Tony Stark when he rips out the um, the arc reactor from his chest. So it's it's but it's this is done more in a giant headphones sort of way, a la Lobot from uh, from Empire Strikes Back. So, um, and over the next couple of issues, Obadiah Stane surfaces as the mastermind behind all of this, and he is a bad guy straight out of a GI Joe cartoon. Um, he's got the cape with no shirt. He's wearing a giant medallion. It's got some kind of, uh, of of gem in his forehead. He doesn't look anything like an industrialist that he actually ends up being, uh, because his master plan is to take over the uh, the controlling shares of Stark International. Um, but at every turn, Iron Man is shutting him down. Now, one thing to mention about this era of Iron Man comics as well is that. This is the time when Tony Stark's identity as Iron Man was not known. Um, Iron Man was originally introduced as as Tony Stark's bodyguard, um, and that kind of kept the secret identity of it actually being Tony inside of the suit. So it was it's interesting to to reread that because now you know, not only in the movies, but in the comic books, it's they're so synonymous. You know, everybody knows Iron Man is Tony Stark, but this was still back when there were a lot of secret identities and um, Tony Stark was separate from Iron Man. Which also brings up another point because it's during this entire 
Obadiah Stane saga that um, James Rhodey puts on the Iron Man suit uh, for the first time. Uh, he is, you know, he's working for Tony Stark. He's Tony's best friend, um, kind of his pilot, his his right hand man. Um, but he's not War Machine yet. He doesn't have his own armor. That doesn't come till later in the series. So it's um, also the same time period where Tony Stark is uh, continuing his battle with uh, with alcohol. This is after the famous uh, Demon in a Bottle uh, series, which. Uh, was a very dark, very serious look at um, Tony Stark and the effect of alcoholism on him. And this comes back during the Obadiah Stane saga. It's um, Tony is actually driven back to drinking again and and lapses back into a problem with alcohol. And so Rhodey has to take over using the Iron Man suit, which actually helps with the double identity, but... Tony's really in no shape to be running a company, much less trying to battle Obadiah Stane for the controlling shares of Stark International. So it, it it gets really deep, and as Tony is spiraling back into alcoholism and Rhodey is taking over as Iron Man, Obadiah Stane gains control of Stark Industries and locks Tony out, very much like we see in the movie. Only Obadiah Stane was not a longtime employee. I think that actually works better in the movie universe instead of trying to have, you know, battling uh, heads of uh, industrial state going at it. We get a little bit of that in Iron Man 2 with Justin Hammer. But um, yeah, so so Obadiah Stane takes control of Stark Industries and Tony has to try and figure out a way to get it back. He, he meanwhile, um, sobers up again with the help of Rhodey and some of his other tech friends and uh, starts a little company and starts to plot the way to get Stark Industries back out of the hands of Obadiah Stane. Meanwhile, Stane is fixing to finish Tony Stark and Iron Man once and for all. He has figured out that Tony Stark is Iron Man. Um, Doesn't know that Rhodey is Iron Man, but has figured out in delving into all of the, uh, the plans and everything at... Uh, Stark Industry, which is now known as Stain Industries, he ad- adds everything up and figures out that Tony Stark is Iron Man, and it also lends to him building the Ironmonger uh, suit, which is where everything comes to a head in issue 200. So it's between issues like 163 and issue 200 is the is the whole Obadiah Stain saga. There is there's no real solid collection of all of this. Some of it is in Volume 10 of the Iron Man Epic Collection, uh, The Enemy Within. Uh, that's that's a really good read for all of this area. But it doesn't get into issue number 200. And issue number 200 is where we have Iron Monger introduced and where the Silver Centurion, the new armor of Iron Man, is introduced. It's one that Tony had been working on. And he busts out because he sobers up, has had enough of Stain trying to, uh, you know, kill him and his friends. Uh, a bomb explosion in, in the small workshop that Tony and his friends have set up kills some of Tony's friends and injures others. And he's had enough. So he puts the Iron Man suit back on after swearing it off until you know, until he was in a better spot. And the fight between Iron Man and Iron Monger begins. 
Um, and it kind of, it, it ends also pretty rapidly. Um, issue 200 is a big, you know, anniversary issue, and it's a big all-out knockdown drag-out fight between Ironmonger and Iron Man, um, ending at the end with um, the demise of Obadiah Stane. So that kind of kind of brings everything full circle. It's 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 kind of the closure to that. Now um, there are other references later on to Obadiah Stane. His son Ezekiel Stane is introduced in Matt Fraction's run on Iron Man, which. It, by the way, is one of my favorites. So it's it's really kind of great to go back, revisit some of these issues, and look at what exactly they took, what the ideas they they twisted around, maybe influenced uh, certain parts of the movie, and um, kind of kind of the encapsulation of the Obadiah Stane saga. So that's that's kind of in a nutshell the uh, revisitation of that. It's uh, like I said, it's in uh, Invincible Iron Man Epic Collection, The Enemy Within. Um, issue two hundred sadly is not in that, so it's that's that's a single issue that that you'd have to hunt down. They haven't really reissued that except except for in the out of print Marvel Masterworks. Thank you so much for listening. Can't wait to share more of this with you. And we'll see you soon. For all fan kind.